Kanye visits the White House, the press lose their minds, and we check the mailbag. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. So Elon Musk's theory is that we are all living inside a computer simulation. This all isn't real. Yesterday, he had some pretty good evidence for his theory because Kanye West and Donald Trump were in the Oval Office, and Donald Trump is president, and Kanye West was visiting, and that was a thing that happened in real life. And we'll talk about all of those things. First, I have a couple of reminders for you. First of all, tune in today, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, for another special live stream of Another Kingdom, Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2. Episode 1 will be free in its entirety. Only the first 15 minutes of the second episode will be available to watch on Facebook and YouTube. To be able to watch all of Episode 2 and every other episode in the new season of Another Kingdom, you have to become a Daily Wire subscriber. All you have to do is click on the link in the description. Also, reminder, Sunday is the final episode of the Ben Shapiro election special on Fox News. We've been blowing out the ratings, and we hope that you will see our final episode. It's going to be awesome. We have lots of great material, so go check that out. It's 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News on Sunday. Lots of good stuff going to be on that show, so go check that out. And also, before we get to the news, I first need to remind you that you need to eat. Fill your belly and do it in style with Blue Apron. Okay, Blue Apron allows you to cook pre-prepared, pre-portioned ingredients into a gourmet meal. You do it in your own kitchen. Here's how it works. You choose chef-designed recipes, and then they deliver fresh, seasonally-inspired ingredients. You can cook incredible meals in as little as 20 minutes. Cooking, particularly of kids, it's a lot of fun, and the dinner is gourmet style. It's really good stuff. Blue Apron does all the, the, meal, the meal prep for you. Again, dinner in as little as 20 minutes. Every week, at least three recipes are built with your busy schedule in mind, where Blue Apron has done the meal prep. They've prepared the sauces, the spices, the ingredients, and they offer a range of recipes bursting with flavor. Whether you are looking for quick and easy meals or a full culinary cooking experience, Blue Apron lets you choose from a range of recipe options. Blue Apron's awesome. People around the office have been using it for a long time. Blueapron.com slash Shapiro. You get your first three meals for free. Again, that's blueapron.com slash Shapiro to get those first three meals for free. You're going to be cooking stuff like stir-fried sweet chili chicken, right? I mean, this is like gourmet stuff. Tomato and basil pesto, pesto pizza with roasted cauliflower on the side. I mean, this is, this is solid stuff, and you're, you're going to be cooking it yourself, and it's less expensive than going to a restaurant, and also, it's better. So go check it out right now, blueapron.com slash Shapiro. Again, blueapron.com slash Shapiro to get your first three meals for free. Okay, so yesterday was a thing that happened in real life. Kanye West, as I've always said, live by the Kanye, die by the Kanye. But yesterday, the president of the United States lived by the Kanye because Kanye West came to the White House. Now, as I've said for many months at this point, do I think that Kanye West is the world's best political commentator? Do I think that he's on par with you know, the late Charles Krauthammer? No, I don't. Do I think that he knows a lot about politics? I don't think that he's read tons of books, but do I think that he has a unique perspective on the world? That I do. And do I think that he has every right to express that perspective just as anyone else would? Absolutely. And do I appreciate more than anything that Kanye West has basically said, look, I'm an individual. I'm not just a black man who fits in your category. I'm an individual with my own thoughts and experiences and feelings. And that allows me to think outside the box with regard to my politics without you trying to club me into place like a baby seal. That I appreciate. That I appreciate. And when Kanye wears around the MAGA hat and he says that this basically is me just saying to the world, I can think for myself. That's a message that I like and appreciate and think is actually deeply important. Because even if it's coming from a guy who I don't think is world's most knowledgeable about politics, that's not a message that requires you to be all that knowledgeable about politics. Saying, I like to get more information, I like to think for myself, and I'm not going to be the person you think I ought to be simply based on the color of my skin. Deeply, deeply important message from Kanye West. So Kanye 
has been, it, what's funny is all the people on the left who are very upset at Kanye. Like, oh, well, what's Kanye actually doing except shilling for Trump? Kim Kardashian got a woman freed from prison. <laughs> what have you done lately? Yeah, I didn't even agree with Trump's decision on that, on Alice Marie Johnson, who was leading a drug ring, it turns out. But she was pardoned by President Trump because Kanye West and Kim Kardashian lobbied. It is that simple. And Kanye West has been pushing hard for criminal justice reform. So has Kim Kardashian. And President Trump is about to overrule Jeff Sessions on criminal justice reform in the same way, largely because of Kanye's lobbying. So Kanye, by extending a hand, actually received a hand in return, which is why you saw that meme from Predator going around the other day of the, of the Arnold Schwarzenegger arm and the Apollo Creed arm, you know, the, uh, the Carl Weathers arm locked in the, in the muscly embrace. That's what you saw yesterday at the White House. So it was wild. I mean, let's not pretend that this was a meeting of brilliant minds on serious issues. It was Kanye West and Donald Trump in the Oval Office in a scene directly out of idiocracy. But was it important for the culture that there be somebody in a prominent position to say, yeah, I'm allowed to think for myself? Yeah, that's, that's important stuff. So anyway, Kanye goes to the White House. And again, I don't like celebrity politics, but this is the world we have chosen. This is where we live. I, I hate celebrity politics. When it was Obama, I used to mock the crap out of him for this sort of stuff. I hated it when it was Hillary Clinton. Used to mock her incessantly for this sort of stuff. I don't like it from Republicans either. But, and, and so when I say I don't like celebrities in the Oval Office, and I don't like the meeting with the president, and I don't like all of the pomp and circumstance and show and all that, believe me, I don't. But since this is the world we have chosen and the world we have chosen to live in, it is hypocritical for folks on the left to suggest great when Obama does it, terrible when Trump does it. Anyway, Kanye shows up at the White House and things got wild. Things got really wild because it turns out that Kanye is a wild dude. So here he is in the Oval Office wearing his MAGA hat and the press are just eating this stuff up. The press, the very serious press who say, no, we must treat the president with the presidency in the Oval Office with all sorts of respect. They're, they're eating this up. They love it. They couldn't love anything more. So here was Kanye yesterday saying that Trump did not expect a crazy mofo like Kanye. Fair enough. Here he is. Trump is on his hero's journey right now, and he might not have expected to have a crazy motherfucker like Kanye West run up and uh, support, but best believe we are going to make America great. Okay, so the, the press went nuts over this particular comment for a couple of reasons. One, saying that Trump was on a hero's journey, which is pretty Joseph Campbell, and second, him dropping mofo. On, on TV in the Oval Office. So Jim Acosta tweeted this out. Jim Acosta tweeted out, Kanye just said mother effer in the Oval Office per White House pool. And people were like, are you okay, Jim? Is it gonna be okay, Jim? And because that's ridiculous. Like, not to put too fine a point on it, but Bill Clinton got blowjobs in the Oval Office. So I'm, I'm really not gonna go. <laughs> if we're gonna talk about things that disgrace the Oval Office, like cigars have had, human bodily fluids on them that didn't come from the oral cavity in the Oval Office. Like, they had to steam clean all the carpets after Bill Clinton left. And, and it, there's, a, there's a book fully describing Rahm Emanuel dropping the MF bomb repeatedly in the Oval Office. So, no Jim Acosta. I love Jim Acosta getting all hot and bothered about all of this, like clutching his pearls. It's just, it's amazing. It's just amazing. So, Jim Acosta. Anyway, so Kanye says all of that. And then Kanye goes on. And he says, you know what? I love my MAGA hat. Now, we know he loves his MAGA hat because he said this before. He was on SNL and he said, my MAGA hat is just the best thing ever, which I got to admit, it's pretty fantastic that Kanye wears a MAGA hat. It is because just the, the juxtaposition of Kanye, who is, I have been told by the Utes, one of the cooler people in America wearing a MAGA hat 
And let's be straight about MAGA hats, just as a general rule, just aesthetically. There's something that my family wore at like the Shapiro family picnics in 1996 that you got from like the mass production store that had like, you remember it had like the little woven band that goes just above the brim of the cap. So Kanye wearing that as sort of a, an ironic feel is just spectacular. So here's Kanye talking about why MAGA hats are awesome. And you got to appreciate it, man. You just, you can do one of two things. You can either cry at the tragedy that this is what our national politics has become, or you can laugh at the fact that Donald Trump is now swiveling every pop culture meme the left ever created back on them and slapping them in the face with it, which is just hilarious. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. That was That's my favorite superhero. And you made a Superman cape for me also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Ralph Lauren, looks up to American industry guys. Non-political, no bullshit. Put the beef on it, however you want to do it, five seconds delay, and just goes in and gets it done. Yes. Okay, so first of all, I learned a couple of things in that clip. One, Superman is Kanye's favorite superhero. Which is good. I mean, that's a good pick. I'd go with Batman myself, but Kanye's got his own taste, man. And then we also learned that the MAGA hat is like a Superman cape, which is just spectacular. You could see the media members in the room collapsing in on themselves like dying stars. It's just great. And then Kanye does the worst thing in the world. He gets up and he says about President Trump, I love this guy. Now, what's hilarious about this is that until Donald Trump ran for president, this was the view of Hollywood. Donald Trump was very popular with all of these people in the media. He was very popular he was very popular in Hollywood. Like, he'd go around in Hollywood. People would be backslapping him, giving him hugs. He was doing cameos on every show. So it's, it's kind of funny now that, oh, my God, Kanye gave him a hug. Everybody loved Donald Trump until the guy ran for president in 2016, at which point everybody hated Donald Trump. But here was Kanye breaking the ultimate taboo and making physical contact in the flesh with Donald J. Trump. But I love this guy right here. Let me give this guy a hug right here. I love this guy right here. Yeah, come in. There it is. There's the Carl Weathers... Arnold Schwarzenegger hand grip, just amazing stuff. And then Kanye actually had some pretty good political comments. So we'll do the good and then we'll get to, you know, the weird. So he, so he had some good political comments about racism. What he said is basically, you can't use racism as an excuse for failing in America anymore. Instead, maybe we ought to think about how we actually better the country. Seems pretty fair to me. And this is coming from a guy who, as I understand it, grew up with a single mom in an impoverished area and then made himself a billionaire. So even though I don't like rap, and I'm not a fan of Kanye's music. His story is a pretty American story. It's a pretty amazing American story. Here's Kanye talking about racism. A lot of times, it's just the overall lack of reparations that we, at any given point, we say, oh, this is racist, this is racist, this is racist, this is racist. The liberal would try to control a black person through the concept of racism because they know that we are very proud, emotional people. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, Oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall. Yes. Yeah. Slow clap for Kanye. And this is the point, right? The, the point that he's actually making here does not require you to be all that learned in politics. Right? When he says that racism is very often used by political actors in order to achieve a particular result, in order to manipulate people, that is certainly true. That is certainly true. So well done, Kanye, there. And then Kanye made everyone's head explode when he defended the Second Amendment which is just badass. Here's Kanye doing that. Debate about the Second Amendment going on. The problem is illegal guns. Illegal guns is the problem. Not, not, not legal guns. We have the right to bear arms. Oh, no. All of their heads just exploded. Kanye actually saying the truth constitutionally about the Second Amendment. Now, listen, as I say before, 
anytime you get in bed with a celebrity, you should expect that somebody's going to get screwed. And the fact is that something could happen with Kanye as a personality that could be damaging to all of the points that he's making here. But take it at face value for what it is today. He is saying some things that need to be said. And when you hear an argument, you really, instead of first considering the source, you may first want to consider the validity of the argument. The argument that Kanye is making there is exactly right. Now, as I say, live by the Kanye, die by the Kanye. And I'll explain in a second how the die by the Kanye half of this works. And then we'll get to the media coverage, which is the real story. The media coverage of this meeting is a much bigger story than Kanye actually visiting the White House. He's been to the White House before, I believe. I mean, he, he went there when Obama was president, actually. So it's not a giant shock, but we'll talk in a second about the media coverage. First, let's talk about how you make your business more efficient. Well, one way that you can make your business more efficient is by putting it on legally solid footing. You know the saying, time is money, it is true, especially when you run your own business. But legal takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money, which is why you need to turn to LegalZoom. Over the last 17 years, more than a million Americans have used LegalZoom to help launch their businesses. But that is only the beginning. LegalZoom also now has a network of independent attorneys and tax professionals. They can provide you with the advice you need to get through the daily grind of running your business. And the best part is you don't have to worry about driving to anyone's office or being billed by the hour because LegalZoom isn't actually a law firm. You can count on LegalZoom to provide the business resources you need and service that fits into your schedule. Listen, I've been using LegalZoom since long before they had this attorney service. Now they have this network of independent attorneys, that broadens the scope of the services they can provide. It is just great because you can, I promise, you can spend a fortune on legal. If you can avoid that by going to LegalZoom, you should totally do it. Go to LegalZoom.com right now and use promo code Ben at checkout for special savings. Again, that's promo code Ben at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Go check it out, LegalZoom.com. Okay, so as I say, there's good Kanye and then there's bad Kanye. So it's great when people make good arguments. It's not as good when they juxtapose them with crazy talk. So I do have to point out that Kanye did engage in some very Kanye behavior. Kanye took out his phone and he proceeded to punch in his code, which, as it turns out, is zero, 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 zero. Um, and then it was funny. People were getting uptight about this because oh, how can you reveal Kanye's code on his phone? Do you have Kanye's phone? You don't, do you? So does it matter? <laughs> Unless he loses his phone, it's not going to matter at all. But I will say that Kanye needs better code protection on his phone. That's it. Mr. West. I would appreciate it if you used some other number other than 000. In any case, he types in 000, and then he proceeds to show the President of the United States a picture of a hydrogen-powered airplane. And this is a thing that happened because, I don't know. I don't know, man. We all hit our head on the toilet, and now we invented the flux capacitor or something. So here is, here is Kanye showing, showing President Trump a hydrogen-powered airplane. This right here is the iPlane 1. It's a hydrogen-powered uh, airplane, and this is what our president should be flying in. Look at this, Jared. <laughs> we'll get rid of Air Force One. Can we get rid of Air Force One? No, you don't like that. Well, well we're going to have Apple, an American company, work on this plane with. This is our president. He has to be the freshest, the flyest, the flyest planes, the best factories. Okay, so it all comes as a package, man. There is no separating this out. The same guy who's saying some good stuff about politics is also talking about hydrogen-powered iPlanes. So that is the thing. I, I will say, just as, as an observer, it was really funny to watch President Trump during this meeting because President Trump is rarely blown out of a room by somebody else's sort of wackiness and charisma. Usually it's Trump blowing somebody else out of the room with that sort of stuff. Him sitting across from Kanye and looking at the look on President Trump's face it's kind of like the look that Jeb Bush has on his face when he's in a room with President Trump. It's like Trump suddenly realized what it was like to be Jeb Bush. 
and watch this guy who's a much bigger celebrity just jabbering at him and not knowing quite what to do. It was really funny. So you have to appreciate the humor in all of this. And also, is it a big deal that Kanye visited the White House? It would have been if we were a, if we were a serious country, but we're not a serious country. We're not. Okay, D Barack Obama was fine with having celebrities at the White House. I will show you in just one second. So the media came out, how dare this happen? How dare it? No, it's so bad. It's so terrible. So over on MSNBC, the hosts over there, Stephanie Rule and Ali Velshi, they just melted down. They suggested that Kanye West was an insane person, but they also suggested, Stephanie Rule goes, this is an assault on the White House. Really, again, in that room, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, knee pads, in the room. Hey, here's Stephanie Rule saying it's an assault on the White House that Kanye West's presence has defiled the Oval Office. <laughs> Here she is. Wow. Okay, I'm doing this for everybody who's watching us who turned their volume down. You can put it back up again. That but was if you think you're bonkers. going to get uh, uh, a thoughtful play-by-play -play and political analysis, you're not, because that was an assault on our White House. We're not. We're not. Uh, uh, we're, we're, you can't analyze some of that stuff that was said. Um, as we warned you at the top, uh, there was a little bit of profanity. We there was actually more than you heard. We we were able to bleep some of it out, uh, but there was uh, some of it did make it in there. Okay, mom. <laughs> I love the school arming there. Oh, yeah, it, was, it was just so terrible. It was just so awful. I mean, I can't believe anything like that has ever happened at the White House. Flashback, just a few years. Snoop Dogg went to the White House. You know, the great intellectual Snoop Dogg. He was the, or Snoop Lion, or whatever he calls himself these days. Whatever ver variety of animal from Animal Kingdom he calls himself to follow Snoop. Okay, so Snoop Dogg was at the White House. And you know what he did at the White House? Here is Snoop Dogg talking about how he toked at the White House. How he smoked up at the White House. Like smoked pot at the White House. Don't worry. Kanye West's mere presence at the White House defiled it. But Snoop Dogg went there when Obama was president and smoked pot at the White House. And everyone in the media thought this was hilarious. And did you, and when you got high before the White House, did you also then smoke it up a little bit in the bathroom when you were That's there? That's what I was trying to get to, you know what I'm saying? I you can't. did? Yes. Yes. I like that, you don't did. you? And nobody, and no. And I met the butler. You met the butler? Yes. And did you get him high? I slid him a little sum-sum. Yes! <laughs> and it was hilarious and funny and awesome. Oh my God, it's so great because Obama's president. And then as soon as Obama's not president, no. This is a stern office. This is a stern office. This is an office where only great things have happened. This office. You know, great presidents, Teddy Roosevelt, FDR, they sat in this office. Mona Lewinsky knelt in this office. And I keep coming back to that because, again, if you're talking about defiling the Oval Office, there's a level beyond having Kanye West there. Okay, so the media, again, ignoring the fact that Barack Obama was ever president. I love this. Like, oh, my God. How could Trump hobnob with celebrities? How could he have Kid Rock to the White House? Here is a picture of Jay-Z and Beyonce in the Situation Room, okay, with Jay-Z, who wears a, what is it, the 5% medallion, which is like a quasi-black power medallion at basketball games. There are pictures of him doing that. It's really kind of crazy stuff. There he is sitting in the Situation Room, in the White House Situation Room, accompanied by Beyonce, and this was just all fun and games. It was just fun and games, because come on, man. Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're great. Can't go after Queen B. Come on. It was all fun when it was Obama. Then it was, then it was Kanye going to the White House and it was just terrible. And then you remember this, you remember Common going to the White House. Now, do you remember Common is a rapper who has in the past cut songs in favor of Asada Shakur, an actual terrorist, an actual terrorist? Well, there he was in the White House. But don't worry, it's, it, it, it didn't defile the White House in any way to have 
these folks, you know, Common, who's rapped about supporting terrorism in the White House, but Kanye was there. And Kanye said nice things and wore a MAGA hat. That was what was really bad. Here is Common during the Obama administration. It's an honor uh, to be here in the White House Library. The Tiny Desk Concert Series has tried to give voice to people who have something to say in our culture, who move our culture forward and do amazing stuff. And in that spirit, NPR Music presents Common. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Again, this was a White House. Obama's White House. You want to talk about this is the dirty little secret about Obama. Obama was just much more celebrity driven than Donald Trump. Everybody says, oh, he's celebrity president Trump. Obama was the first celebrity president. He had no credentials when he became president. He turned the White House into basically a revolving door of celebrities. He used to can't. You remember during Benghazi, he did a fundraiser in Las Vegas with Jay-Z and Beyonce. So if you want to talk about celebrity in the White House, you got to start with Barack Obama. He was the guy who really turned the White House. He did, the guy did interviews with Glozell. Glozell, like the lady who bathed in a bathtub full of Fruit Loops. Come on, come on. Okay, so in just one second, we're going to get to the media reaction to all of this, which does show you how racist and terrible the media are. It, it really is. The reaction to this is astonishing, astonishing. But first, let's talk about your need for energy. We live in a fast-paced, multitasking world all the time, and maybe drinking coffee and energy drinks isn't doing the trick. Well, then you need to try Omax Cognitive Boost. It's a game-changing solution. It fuels peak performance by boosting memory, focus, energy, all around crystal clear thinking. You will feel the difference immediately. Folks in the office have tried Omax, and I've noticed their productivity has gone up because they were totally unproductive before, and now they are halfway productive. And that is because of Omax. Omax is offering my listeners 70% off a one-month supply of Cognitive Boost plus free shipping and that 60-day money-back guarantee, all you have to do is go to omaxboost.com slash Shapiro today and take advantage of the savings. That is O-M-A-X-B-O-O-S-T dot com slash Shapiro for 70% off a one-month supply. This is, for a lot of folks, a game changer, and it can benefit you, perhaps. Go check it out right now at omaxboost.com slash Shapiro, and you get 70% off a one-month supply plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if it doesn't work for you, you're not losing anything. That's omaxboost.com slash Shapiro today to get 70% off that one-month supply plus free shipping and the 60-day money-back guarantee. omaxboost.com slash Shapiro. Terms and conditions do apply. Omax. Go check it out right now. Okay, so... The media's response to Kanye, as I, I mentioned before, first of all, there was their shock and horror that Kanye would even be in the way. How dare he? Then we get to the actual racism. So a bunch of Democrats are just racists. They're just racists. They think that the color of Kanye's skin should dictate his political viewpoint. That is racism. Now, I've said in the past that when there are people who say, I am Jewish, and I believe in abortion, for example. I've said that's not a Jewish principle. You know why? Because Judaism isn't an ethnicity only. It's a religion. Right? It's an actual set of principles. It's like saying that if you're pro-abortion and you say that you're Christian, that's really difficult to say because Christian is a set of principles. Black is not a set of principles. White is not a set of principles. Asian is not a set of principles. It's an ethnicity. It's a skin color. It's a race. Okay, none of those should dictate anything having to do with what goes on inside your head, obviously, because if we thought that it did, that would be textbook racism. But the left likes to engage in textbook racism. It's their favorite thing. So we begin with Donna Brazil. Donna Brazil, you will recall, was the briefly the head of the DNC before it was learned that she had been allegedly leaking questions in the debates to Hillary Clinton to help her defeat Bernie Sanders when she was working over at CNN. Here is what she tweeted out. Hashtag Kanye West has set us back 155 years. Wish Sojourner Truth could have met him outside the White House and Frederick Douglass inside the Oval Office. Barack Obama never would have become president with this crap. But let's meet Kanye on Election Day by voting for Democrats. 
So let's do the dating here. Kanye West has set us back 155 years. Well, it's 2018 now. Subtract 155 and you're talking about 1863 when slavery was still present. So let me get this straight. An uber wealthy black guy, like a billionaire black guy, goes to the White House to meet with the president, hugs the president, and gets the president to embrace criminal justice reform that he is pushing specifically because he thinks too many black men are in prison. And that's the same as slavery, according to Donna Brazil. That's the same as slavery, according to Donna Brazil. Oh, okay, sure, why not? Okay, that was not even the worst. Okay, that was just the beginning. Then there was, then there was the CNN contributors who decided to mock Kanye as a token Negro who was illiterate. Because there's nothing that says, I'm not racist, quite like calling a black man who thinks differently a token Negro who's, a, a Negro who's illiterate. Nothing quite like saying that. Just astonishing. Here's uh, two, separate, two separate Democrats on CNN saying this. One of them is Bakari Sellers and the other is uh, Tara Setmeyer. Um, and it's just, it's just bad stuff. Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read. Um, and, and we have this now, and now Donald Trump is going to use it and pervert it, and he's going to have somebody who can stand with him and take pictures. <laughs> Just looking at Scott's face. <laughs> Scott's like, whoa, okay. So, <laughs> That's objective news anchor Don Lemon laughing as Bakari Sellers says that, that Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read. Okay, well, imagine if anybody had said that about, like, I, how many books does Jay-Z read or Beyonce? So I think that they are the, the great learned of Western civilization. I mean, I don't know. I, I somehow doubt it. But does that matter? They're allowed to have their own perspective. This idea that Kanye West is illiterate because he disagrees with you is basically racist. It's essentially racist. But Bakari Sellers can get away with it because he's a black man. So it's okay. Because Bakari is black and Kanye is black, he can call Kanye West a token Negro who is essentially illiterate and doesn't read books, as opposed to actually engaging with his argument. That wasn't the worst of it either. Then April Ryan shows up. So April Ryan is supposedly a reporter. She's actually mostly an activist. And she was on CNN. And she brought up a guy named Ray J. Now, for those of you who are not culturally fluent, Ray J is most famous for having done a sex tape with Kim Kardashian, who is currently Kanye West's wife. So Kanye West is married to Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian rose to prominence off the, on the back, no pun intended, of the Ray J sex tape. April Ryan went for comment on the Kanye visit to the White House to the guy who stripped Kanye's wife on tape before she knew Kanye. All class, these members of the media, just all class. Here's April Ryan doing that routine. Uh, text messaging with Ray J. Uh, you know who Ray J is. He's, he was once close with Kim Kardashian. He said, I think that it's great, a great opportunity for young black entrepreneurs and artists to talk one-on-one -on -one with the president of the United States of America. And he goes on to say this, but in watching the tape from CNN, he did say he's a little concerned. Um, there is a concern right now. Okay, reaching out to the ex-lover of a guy's wife for comment is just, I mean, is it, that is not even beyond the bounds of journalistic ethics. That's beyond the bounds of ethics, period. It's just beyond ethics. It's crazy stuff. That's crazy. Why in the world would you think that Ray J has anything unique to offer to the situation except that he once slept with Kim Kardashian on tape? That's, how is that even on CNN? Like, how does CNN call itself a news network and do that sort of thing? That's just garbage. It's just garbage. And it gets even worse than that. So Don Lemon, who is a disgrace to the name of objective journalism. It's amazing. Like, there are people who I think try to be objective on CNN. I've said before, I think Jake Tapper very often tries to be objective and tries to actually do his job. Don Lemon has, has forsaken all 
relationship with objectivity, but still somehow calls himself an objective news reporter, not an opinion journalist. Here is Don Lemon invoking Kanye West's dead mother to attack him. His dead mother to attack him. Don't worry, this is just journalism, guys. So much journalisming, so much reporting happening right here. This was an embarrassment. Kanye's mother is rolling over in her grave. I spoke to one of her friends today or texted with one of her friends today from Chicago, Donda's friends. I used to live there. I know him. She said Donda would be would would be embarrassed by this. Is that an okay thing? Is that something that we're doing now? We're allowed to attack people's dead relatives? Use their dead relatives to attack them? Not their dead relatives in the sense that like their dead relatives did something wrong, but in the sense that a dead relative who you didn't know and know nothing about and had a relationship with this man, that she would be ashamed of him? That she would be ashamed of Kanye West? Like, that's, this is sick. I'm sorry, this is just sick. And the media's overwrought reaction to the fact that Kanye West shows up in the White House is indicative of a couple of different things. One, it is indicative of the fact that when a black person says they like President Trump, the media hates no one like a black person who says they like President Trump. No one. Because they have violated the tenets of intersectionality, which suggests that we all think like our group. We all think like our ethnic group. So if you break away from that ethnic group or you break away from that sexual group, right? You're a gay person who likes Trump or you're a woman who likes Trump. If you're any of those things, then you are a traitor. Right? We saw this with all the women who supported Brett Kavanaugh. They were, they were sex traitors. They had just given in to the patriarchy. They had internalized the handmaid's tale. And now we see this with Kanye West. He's a black guy who's really white on the inside. He's an Oreo, right? And he's black on the outside, but white on the inside. He's, he's in the sunken place, as people are now saying, right? That sort of stuff is deeply racist, but that's why the left is is so upset with Kanye is because he breaks two of their rules. One, he's a black man who supports Trump, not allowed. Two, he's a celebrity who supports Trump, also not allowed. For people to understand how much Trump is hated in Hollywood, you have to understand that in Hollywood, if you even express a remotely right-wing opinion, you will never work again. Never work again. I, I've said this before. I have celebrities who listen to this show. They're major A+. Plus, I'm not talking A celebrities. I'm talking A-plus celebrities who listen to this show. And I've visited with some of them. I've had lunch or breakfast. People have come into this office who are quite famous. And I always tell them, do not mention that you have been here if you wish to work in this town. Because the bias in Hollywood is so extreme that it doesn't matter your size of celebrity. If you say that you've been associated with me, And I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. If you say that you associated with me, just a mainstream conservative who's pretty reasonable, then that is enough to lose you jobs, right? That actually happened out here with Mark Duplass. He just got destroyed, right? Mark Duplass, the guy who directed Wild Wild Country on Netflix, and he's done a bunch of other, he's on uh, the Mindy Project. He's done a bunch of other stuff. He came in here because he wanted to get a pro-gun opinion from somebody for his new movie. And so he came in. And I gave him like an hour and a half. And I said to him, don't tell anyone you've been here because if you do, it will blow back on you. And then he foolishly went on Twitter and said I was a nice guy. And it ended his world. He was attacked so harshly on Twitter, he deleted the tweet and then put up a tweet apologizing for ever having tweeted that I was a nice guy. Right, apologizing for that. That's how it works in Hollywood. So Kanye has broken two rules. He's a black man and he's extraordinarily famous. And if you are a black, extraordinarily famous person, you are not allowed to be pro-Trump and you are not allowed to be conservative in any way. You have to toe the liberal line. You wonder why, to Senya's great shock and dismay, Taylor Swift came out and embraced the Democratic Party? Because if you do not embrace the Democratic Party and you are a celebrity, they will tear you down. We on the right joked for a long time about the fact that, that 
Taylor Swift had not said anything politically because the left kept calling on her to say something politically. Well, eventually she did because she finally was pressured into it. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Plus, we'll get to the mailbag in just a second. But first, let's talk about your imminent doom. We're all going to die. We know it. Okay, it's going to happen sooner or later. I hope later for you, but no matter when it happens, you want to make sure that your family is taken care of and they are not left begging in the street, your children orphaned like street urchins. Instead, you ought to have some life insurance. And the way that you get good life insurance is by going to Policy Genius. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies to find the best policy for you. It takes just two minutes to get a quote. And if you don't know the first thing about insurance, they've got all the tools you need to get up to speed. Learn the difference between term and whole life insurance. Calculate how much coverage you need and be sure you're making the right decision. In fact, over 4 million people have used Policy Genius to shop for insurance. Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They also compare disability insurance, home insurance, auto insurance. So if you're looking for life insurance, this is the place to go and other types of insurance as well. Whether you know something or nothing about insurance, start your search at policygenius.com. They also have lots of tools for learning about how exactly you can get the best insurance. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes, make an informed decision for you and your loved ones. Policy Genius is the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Go check it out right now, policygenius.com. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Kanye of it all. Kanye, I believe it. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, you're going to have to go over to Daily Wire and subscribe. You can get the rest of our show live. You can get the rest of Michael Knowles' terrible show live. You can get the rest of Andrew Clavin's show live. You can get all of those things. Plus, you get special access to Another Kingdom, which I talked about earlier in the show. Season two, episodes one and two are available to subscribers today. So go check it out right now. It's got a really cool visual component that we haven't tried before. I think you'll like it. Go check it out for $9.99 a month or for $99 a year. It has returned the greatest of all beverage vessels. It was missing while I was on the road. I used its cloaking device, but now it is back and it is better than ever and filled with the tears of leftists who don't like Kanye West and are very upset with him this morning. Go check it out over at dailywire.com for $99 a year, which is cheaper than the monthly. See, 99 sounds like it's more than nine, but it isn't because it's for the whole year. So you should get the annual subscription, not just the monthly subscription. Go check it out right now. Also, subscribe over at YouTube or SoundCloud or iTunes, any of these places, and leave us a review at iTunes. Those five-star reviews really help us. Don't leave us those three-star reviews because you're a jerk. Leave a five-star review. Okay, those are the ones that we want. So go check it out right now, and you get access to the Sunday special. We have Jocko Willink coming up. We have a bunch of big-name guests who are coming up. Over the next month, we're very excited to announce those as they come out. We are the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast in the nation. All righty, so let's talk for one moment more about this celebrity stuff. Again, Kanye broke two rules. Black man celebrity can't support President Trump if you are either of these. The polls are showing that President Trump actually has a shot at breaking out of the 5 to 10% box Republicans have been in in the black community for a long time. And that's because, as it turns out, as I talked about yesterday, minorities are not wedded to the woke social justice warrior version of politics that the Democratic Party wants to embrace. Kanye is showing that right now, and that is good because there is an important signaling element to the belief that it's okay to break out of the box. That when you expand the Overton window, which is what Kanye is doing right now, then people have the ability to think more freely, more publicly. That's quite a good thing, and I think we should be grateful to Kanye for that, even if we don't like the celebrity politics in which we are engaged, and even if we think that all of this is quite stupid. You know, so we'll talk about that probably a little bit more next week, and we'll talk about it on our Fox News election special that is coming up, our final episode, on Sunday at 8. But let's jump into the mailbag. We, didn't, we haven't had like a good, solid mailbag in a while, so let's do, let's do a mailbag. Crystalline says, hi, Ben. When you take your weekly and holiday Sabbaths and have to unplug, I'm wondering whether you have a hard time letting go of the news. Are you able to forget about it and just focus on your family and activities? Or are you distracted and chomping at the bit to find out when what's going outside? 
I don't have Sabbath, but during the Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh debacle, I had a hard time even shutting down to go to sleep, have a meal or take a drive. Thanks for all you do. Well, after years of doing it, you sort of get used to the fact that you're not going to get the news. And so you stop sort of chomping at the bit. And it, there, there is a radical shift in sort of the pace of life on Sabbath and on Yom Tov, the, the holidays. I, even when the newspaper comes, as somebody who's ensconced in Internet news, which is instantaneous, print news is always you know, 24 hours behind, basically. So I usually know everything that was in the newspaper on Saturday already by Friday afternoon. But with all of that said, I find it refreshing. I mean, it's nice. The, the worst thing is coming off of Sabbath, right? When you come off of Sabbath and you just get hit with the tsunami of news, that is kind of difficult. But I, I've, I've gotten over, I think, the desire to... It's actually a relief. I actually get to do what I call my serious reading, my non-news-based reading, you know, philosophy or deep history, where I get sort of my background knowledge from. Finn says, Ben... What do you think is the best major city in America to live if weather is a factor? Thanks, love the show. Well, I mean, if weather, if weather is a factor, then San Diego is the best city in America. I mean, San Diego's weather is just spectacular year-round. It is just great all the time. In terms of just great American cities, you know, I, I lived in Boston for three years. Aside from the weather, it was fantastic, but that's a big aside from because I went to Boston and I'd go in late August for the start of the school year and they sucker you. Because late August is beautiful in Boston. Late August and September, just great. And then it's October. And from October to April, it's just garbage. It is just sleet and rain and snow. And then you get like three weeks of niceness and then the school year's over. So you got like six weeks combined of things being great. And the rest of it was just bad. But Boston's a great historic city. It's a lot of fun to be there when you can actually move around. Uh, so I, I, I did enjoy Boston. Washington, D.C. Is, is fun to visit. Uh, it's... I like D.C., but only for short periods of time because I just can't take it anymore. Uh, like, there are just too many federal employees. I can't handle it. Uh, New York, I am not a huge fan of, as I have stated on the program. That's because I grew up in suburbia. In New York, you can't see the sky. So I actually start to get antsy if I can't see the sky, if all I can see is a sliver of sky between tall buildings. And I know New Yorkers have inordinate pride in, in their city, and they should. It's, it's one of the great cities of the world. It's just not a place that I think I would love to live. I'm, I am biased toward my hometown of Los Angeles, although it's gotten increasingly shabby because of Eric Garcetti and the Democrats out here. I mean, it's, it's, it's really become a shabby town. They, they've done a horrible job of upkeep. And that's been happening in leftist cities all around the United States. Seattle used to be a beautiful city. And then the mayoralty over there has just ruined the city of Seattle. The same thing is happening in San Francisco, which is a beautiful city. But if you're just talking weather, if you're just talking weather, San Diego is the place to be. In fact, there's a study that suggests suicide rates are higher in San Diego than other places in the United States, specifically because the weather is good. Because people in other places in the country, when they're having a bad day, they're like, yeah, I know I'm depressed. It's because the weather sucks. In San Diego, they look outside and they're like, well, I guess I'm depressed because my life is terrible. Because the weather's great. <laughs> Ryan says, hey, Ben, during one of your Young America's Foundation speeches, a guy came up and asked you about your position on abortion and said the same logic should be caused to become vegan or vegetarian. Could you please explain this to me? Being a religious man, I believe God put animals on earth for our nourishment, but I'm definitely interested to hear your take on this. Well, first of all, abortion and killing of animals is not the same thing because human beings and animals are not the same, right? As a, I'm a believer that human beings have capacities and rational capacities and, in a religious sense, souls that animals do not have. So I don't feel the same way about killing of animals for food as I do about killing of humans for any reason. So that is, is not a good equivalence in the first place. As far as the argument in favor of animal rights, the fact is that a lot of animals are relatively sentient. I mean, they're, they're pretty with it. And for the same reason that you wouldn't kill your dog and eat it, 
there's not a terrible argument you shouldn't kill a cow and eat it. Now, do we, can you do it because human beings require animal protein to survive? I think for survival reasons and thriving reasons, there's a good argument to be made that you should be able to eat meat. And biblically speaking, when people quote Genesis 9-3, which is the part where it says that anything on the earth you can basically eat when God says that to Noah, which is actually in this week's Bible portion in the Jewish community, it's important to recognize that this was after the expulsion from Eden. In Eden, the typical Jewish philosophy is that you couldn't eat animals, that everybody was sort of a vegetarian in, in Eden, which doesn't sound that, that great, honestly. I mean, hamburgers are delicious. But um, I've said before that in 100 years, people may look back and say, how could people eat so many animals? And I think that that may be true. That said, we'd have to come up with some pretty good substitutes for animal protein, better than the ones that we have now, for widespread vegetarianism or veganism to take place for, for human rights, rather for animal rights reasons. Lee says, Dear Mr. Shapiro, recently I've gotten in discussions about the rich paying their fair share of taxes. Some of my family who are Democrats are pretty wealthy and they feel they're not taxed enough compared to everyone else. Well, then they can sign a check. Go for it. It's all you, gang. I don't know why you get to stick your hand in my pocket because you feel you're not giving enough. I give a fair bit of charity. The arguments they use in discussion are the loopholes for the rich and that the trickle-down effect doesn't work. Okay, there are no loopholes for the rich. All the tax breaks exist for everyone. It's just that you only get to exercise certain tax breaks in certain areas. There are people who get the earned income tax credit. I do not receive the earned income tax credit because I make too much money. Most people in the United States make too much money to receive significant amounts of money back for the earned income tax credit. That's a loophole for people who are not as wealthy. Okay, so that's not a loophole. That's just the way the tax system is structured. When people say loopholes, they act like, well, if I pay my lawyer a little more, then he can find a loophole in the law. That's not how it works. That's not what a loophole is. Okay. I don't believe in tax loopholes. I believe we should pay, pay everybody should pay a, fat, uh, a flat tax rate or we should have a national sales tax. But there's no such thing as a quote unquote loophole that only applies to rich people. It's just there are different types of income like capital gains versus traditional income. And we can discuss whether those are good policy or bad policy, but the language of loopholes is inaccurate. How about the trickle down effect doesn't work? Well, the trickle down effect is a term that is coined by leftist economists. No one on the right has ever suggested that there's something called trickle-down, where you give money to rich people and rich people suddenly make everybody else wealthy. The idea is supply-side economics, meaning that people who develop new and better products drive the economy. That the economy is not driven by just handing out money to people who buy things. The economy is driven by entrepreneurs who create new and better products, and that creates its own demand. So nobody knew there was a demand for cars until cars were mass-produced, and suddenly everyone knew there was a demand for cars. Nobody knew, like, in 1950, there was no demand for iPhones. Now there's a high demand for iPhones because entrepreneurs created new and better products and that made your life better. I talked about this a little bit earlier this week. The lie that wage stagnation since 1979 means that the quality of living since 1979 is stagnant is just idiotic and ignorant. We live far better than we did in 1979 without any doubt whatsoever. And that's because supply side economics works. Ronald Reagan's supply side economic theory led to the greatest peacetime growth in the history of the nation, economically speaking. Um, so let's see. Justin says, do you think the left is successful in driving independent voters into the right's corner? And if so, is this dangerous as they won't question the right for fear of the left? Hashtag party tribalism. Yeah, I mean, I think that you should join the party with which you agree. You shouldn't join a party simply out of opposition for another party. So if I'm an independent and I don't like the Republicans because I think whatever, and I don't like the Democrats because they're crazy, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should love the Republicans. You can vote based on which one you think is the lesser of two evils. It's not an argument I love, but it's an argument you can make. But I don't think that you should simply embrace a position because it's the opposite of another position that you don't like. I think reactionary politics is bad on all sides, and that's true right and left. Luke says, hey, Ben, any music or film celebrity you'd be interested in having on a Sunday special? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are a bunch of them, uh, but none of them would, would come on. Like, I, I, I would be very interested in having on Tom Hanks. I'd be interested in having on Denzel Washington. I'd be interested in having on Christopher Nolan, who, whose work I love. Uh, you know, there, there are a lot of, of film and TV celebrities, mostly writers and directors, I think, that I'd be interested in having on. Like, actors I don't find quite as interesting as a general rule, but that's just because I've lived in Hollywood my whole life and most actors are reading lines written for them. They're not the actual creators of the material. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to have all these people on, but the problem is they think that they will lose work if they come on my show. It is that simple. Now, Veronica says, what's the best way to counter the left's gaslighting? They accuse us of what they themselves are doing and are masters of revisionist history, even regards to their own comments. How do we fight it? Well, the internet has provided a pretty good outlet for this. Half of Twitter is taken up with, the left says something like, oh my God, somebody said mf in the Oval Office, like Jim Acosta. And then the right saying, uh, dude, worse things have happened in the Oval Office. The left can only get away with this so long as there is no venue for countervailing attack. That venue now exists. Courtney says, Dear Supreme Overlord Shapiro, I was just recently hired for my first career job as a seventh grade world history teacher. My question is, do you think that educators in the classroom should be politically neutral, acting more like a moderator in discussions about political views? Or is it okay for an educator to state their point of view on controversial topics? Thank you so much for doing the show. I'm really a big fan. Well, I, I'm not, I don't object to either one. I think that if the educator can do their best to present both sides of a topic, that's great. If the educator can't do that, then saying, look, here's my opinion, so take it with a grain of salt, and then here's a bunch of literature that counters my opinion, and you make up your own mind, that's probably the most honest way to do it. Because everybody has their biases, and stating your biases up front, I think, is probably uh, a wise idea if the school allows you to do so. Charlie says, happy Friday. I was a 5'6 Christian, Southern conservative, educated white male who apparently oozes with privilege. I appreciate everything you and the good folks associated with your company do. This said, do you ever see the mentally ill genie of the Atlantis left going back into the bottle, or do you see things getting worse with no end to sight? Also, what do you think is damaged more beyond repair, the social landscape of our country or the damage the new Star Wars movies did to the Star Wars universe? Thanks. Um, well, the social landscape of our country, I think, is more damaged than Star Wars because I think that people have a unique capacity to buy into reboots. So... If they decided in five years to reboot the entire Star Wars universe, we would all pretend as we should. Like The Force Awakens and Last Jedi never happened. And maybe even the prequels. And then we'd all be fine. right? We do this every so often with superhero movies. How many times have they rebooted Batman at this point? A bunch. So I think that we will all get along fine with a reboot in Star Wars land, although they just re-signed Kathleen Kennedy. They just re-signed Kathleen Kennedy. Okay, but the, uh, you know, the, the question of our social fabric being damaged beyond repair... I'm obviously deeply worried about that. That's what my entire new book is about. Valentino says, why is Batman your favorite superhero when his only superpower is the plot? Well, his, his only superpower is being extraordinarily rich and being extraordinarily smart. Now I ask you, why is Batman my favorite superhero? It's because Batman is the most shaded of all the superheroes, right? Batman has a dark side. Batman's kind of an anti-hero. Um, I, I also am, a, I have to say, I'm a fan of Frank Miller's Batman. So Frank Miller did a comic that nobody appreciates except me called Batman and Robin All-Stars, in which Batman is basically a sadist who enjoys his job. And I have to say that I enjoy that version of Batman because the version of Batman where he's always conflicted and sad about what he's doing, maybe he just kind of likes going after bad guys. Like I kinda like, that's what I liked about Batman v. Superman is that Batman in that film was great. Superman was a problem because he wasn't charming. But Batman in that film, forget about Ben Affleck, the character was drawn like Frank Miller would, meaning that it was hardcore I enjoy branding criminals and hurting them, and I don't mind killing people. Like, okay, I'm with you. That's fine. 
right? It, it, remember, Batman doesn't live in a world where jailing people is actually an option. That's why Batman never makes sense in the context of Gotham City, because Batman in Gotham City, all he does is jail people in Arkham, and then they immediately escape and kill 10,000 innocent people. Well, at that point, you got to kill the criminal, right? If they can't hold the guy, you have to kill him. Because otherwise, if you don't kill him, you just send him back to jail, he escapes again, and you send him back to jail. I mean, this is what happens to the Joker every five minutes. And that's why when Batman's like, I, I can't kill the Joker. It's like, no, you should totally kill the Joker, dude. Like, you, you really should. Like, if it were Osama bin Laden and you were putting him in Gitmo, and then every five minutes he was escaping and committing a terror attack, at a certain point, you put two in his face. Okay, Joel says, is the Democratic Party in a state beyond recovery due to its embrace of socialism and raucous behavior? Should we aim to throw the Dems in the waste bin of history with the Whig Party? Well, I mean, as they, currently as they currently stand, sure, I would prefer a Democratic Party that was not insane, pressing actual solutions that maybe I disagree with so we can have an honest debate about the issues. I think that a two-party healthy system is worthwhile, and I think that right now we have a sick party in the Republican Party and a dying party in the Democratic Party, at least in terms of ideology. And the problem is that there are a lot of people who believe in that ideology. Okay, a couple more. Deshaun says... Uh, hi, Ben. I believe wholeheartedly in free market capitalism. I've been a follower of Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell for years. I believe that type B discrimination should be allowed in the private market as competition naturally disinclines business practicing unethical discrimination. Type B discrimination, I've talked about on the show. Type A discrimination is you're black, I won't hire you. Type B discrimination is I don't have any information about you and I'm banned by the federal government from having any information about your criminal history. And a person from a group that has more criminal background, just statistically, comes into my office, how do I assess that? So it calls that type B discrimination because it really isn't you're black, I won't hire you. It's I have to use the statistics available to me and the statistics happen to cut against your group. So that's what he's talking about when he says type B discrimination, just to define it. Because my question is, where should the line be drawn or should a line be drawn by the judicial system in cases of fraud, embezzlement, theft, or larceny? Is it morally consistent to oppose anti-discrimination laws, but not the specific cases of malpractice listed above. Um, well, I think that it depends on the crimes. So I guess the question is, if you're talking about like insider trading, I'm not a fan of insider trading laws. I think insider trading laws are actually of no benefit to the, to the public of the United States. In fact, if you want to make sure that there is more transparency, then you should get rid of insider trading laws because you should just assume that if you work for a company, you're going to have knowledge that you're going to trade on that knowledge. And then the market is more responsive because we just watch what the executives at the company do with their stock. They actually have professionals who watch what those executives do with their stock. And if they're short selling their own stock, you know the company is going to tank. It creates faster moving velocity in the economy as opposed to shielding the public from the information. And then there's sort of three steps removed from the actual information. Steve says, Dear Ben, I recently started a new job in corrections and received training on unconscious bias, which I found to be a load of crap. Do you think unconscious bias is true? No. I think unconscious bias is indeed a load of crap. There is very little evidence to suggest that the unconscious bias against particular groups manifests in behavior. In fact, the creators of the implicit assessment test actually say this. I, I said this at USC, and there was a guy who got up, and he, he was asking questions about it, and he pointed to a study from 2007 suggesting that doctors who showed unconscious bias in studies were less likely to prescribe certain drugs to black people. And he, I actually looked up the study because I want to know the evidence. What the study actually found is that that was true, but the people who were prescribing the drugs less often to black people were prescribing at parity levels with white people. Meaning that if you were not unconsciously biased, you were over-prescribing drugs to black people. That's what that study actually found. So it didn't actually show bias in action. So un unconscious bias is, is one of the least, it's one of the least supported scientific theories out there. It's really bad science. And 
the implicit assessment tests are not duplicable, meaning you can take them twice and get different results. And they are not verifiable in the real world, meaning that they are not always connected with behavior. Okay, you know what? Let's, let's just skip the thing I like today because we don't have time. Let's go to things that I hate. Okay, so the view. I still want to be on your show, guys. Like, come on, just do it already. Come on, this is, this is one of my aspirations in life is to be on The View, but I criticize them frequently, so I, I guess I get it. I guess I get it, guys. Okay, in any case, The View went after Melania Trump. Why? Well, because she's Melania Trump, and her last name is Trump, and she's married to Trump. So they went after her because they said that she is willfully ignorant, right? This is the same spiel they give about Ivanka. She is complicit, complicit. Okay, but complicit in what? Like, the first lady is not an elected position. What is she supposed to do? First, I've never understood this idea that we're supposed to care what the first lady thinks. Really, I I don't understand. Like, no one goes to my wife and asks her political opinion because she's not in that profession. She's a doctor. Okay, but on The View, on The View, they started ripping into Melania because Melania supposedly wasn't reflecting their their ideas or something. Here is The View going after Melania Trump. You have the first lady of the United States telling women everywhere, your word is not enough. I think it does so much damage. Mm-hmm. This is also the same woman that in the midst of what happened to Puerto Rico wore jacket that said, I really don't care, do you? Mm-hmm. So when she threw down that gauntlet, I've decided not to care about anything she says from now on, what she wears, what she does. Okay, well, I don't think you should have cared what she wore or what she did in the first place. Like, I, why would you? I didn't care what Michelle Obama did or said. Except that when she was campaigning for Barack, she said some pretty bad stuff. But I don't really care what she has to say now. Like, I didn't care what Hillary Clinton said when she was first lady. I'm happy when they say good things because I'm happy when anybody says good things. But am I going to get, like, really exercised about the first lady of the United States? Not really. She wasn't elected. Nobody put her in that position. This is why it was so bizarre that Hillary ran for Senate after being the wife of the president. It's so so weird to me. That is a pure case of non-feminism. It is just riding coattails, obviously. Obviously. Like, if a man like John Kerry, were to marry up for money, like John Kerry, and then use that money to get elected to the Senate, like John Kerry, and then get married to a richer woman, like John Kerry, and then run for the presidency, like John Kerry, then I might say that he rode a woman's coattails to high office. But uh, again, the the attacks on Melania are just silly and and inappropriate and stupid. All right, well, we will be back here on Monday, but, but Fox News Sunday, our final episode of the Ben Shapiro election special. It's been a privilege and a pleasure being on Fox News on Sundays. Our ratings have been blowing it out, and we are excited to see you there. We have a great show lined up for you, so be there or be square 8 p.m. Eastern to view the final episode of the Ben Shapiro show, the Ben Shapiro election special. Uh, it's, it should be a blast, so go check it out on Sunday, and we will see you back here on Monday for much, much more. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Senya Villarreal, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover, and our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Alex Zingaro. Audio is mixed by Mike Caramina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Alvera. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire Ford Publishing production. Copyright Ford Publishing 2018. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. 
Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 